Hey, folks. Well, originally the plan was to just do a segment with Mr. Jaffe, but we ended up going pretty long. So this is actually going to be all of episode 646. So if you hear anything where I'm going to bring somebody else in or whatever, uh, that plan changed as we kept talking and talking and talking. Because uh, usually David only has a few minutes because he has ADD really bad. Like, <laughs> honestly, he has ADD. Uh, so... Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, you know, the next episode, I'll definitely have Ray on with me along with our friend Dale Coolis. Uh, Dale's going to help me review Shenmue 3, and Ray is going to review, I think, a couple of different games, uh, one being VR. So uh, hopefully you enjoy this. Uh, you know, let us know on the forums, on Twitter, whatnot, and uh, get out there, play some games. Have a good one. Episode 646 of the PlayStation Nation podcast with you again. I am Glenn, and uh, I've got a special guest here, at least for the first part of the show, and uh, we'll be switching to somebody later on. But first up, uh, I would say my good friend, I, I hope, uh, Mr. David Jaffe. How you doing? Glenn! How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing great. It's uh, late on a Friday night here in uh, November, and I'm having a good time heading into the holidays. I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. I'm I'm looking forward to the holidays as well. I'm I'm cooking for a good amount of people next week. I heard you say that earlier. That's mm-hmm. what you you're doing the whole meal, you're doing the turkey and the stuffing and everything or I will do as do much it? as my parents let me do, but they always my mom always butts in because she thinks I'm overworked. Oh, that's good. That's a nice mom. But I don't want her doing that because she's overworked and she doesn't need to be doing that. Um like they my 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 nephew and his family are coming up from Tennessee. Nice. I think they're in Tennessee. Maybe they're in Virginia now, but uh, he is the only one out of the family that hasn't had any any of the food I smoke, in all the meats I smoke. And he's been kind of dropping hints. I I told my parents, like, do you want me to smoke a turkey this year? My stepdad's gotten a little weird about meat in general. He doesn't eat very much of it. Right. And so right away my mom's like, no, we're just going to do one in the oven. I'm like, well, but Nathan wants, you know, a, a smoked turkey and... So finally she went out and bought a small, like, 12-pound turkey just to smoke. But then she's like, well, it's going to be so much work. I'm like, it's not effing work, Mom. It's <laughs> – I want to do it. So That's yeah. cool. Well, that that sounds nice. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it should be great. I'm looking forward to it. I love Thanksgiving. It's my – I do too. Probably my favorite holiday, actually. I, I love all the fall and winter holidays. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my prime season right now, man. I love it. Well, obviously you love Halloween, so I love Halloween. I love Thanksgiving. I love all the Christmas movies. We're going to go see Frozen two tomorrow. We'll probably nice. go see the Tom Hanks Mr. Rogers movie. It's uh, it's it's oh. it's one of my favorite times of year. I'm afraid to go see that Tom. Why? Hanks movie. Why? I will ball like a. I know. I will too. I'm excited. I love I love the catharsis of a yeah. of a good cry in the movies, man. Yeah. The last time the last time I literally bawled in a movie, like my kids were looking at me like trying to make some distance like, "Dude, you're embarrassing us, old man." Was uh in uh Inside Out when that Bing Bong character died, the imaginary friend. You know, I still haven't uh, seen that one. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> I own it. And I haven't watched it it's, yet. It's a good movie, but that yeah. scene is so 
heart wrenching. It's and I was just like, and I, I was sobbing in the theater. And there's oh, like, wow. what is what is wrong with you, dude? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, man. The last one I great. rolled a tear at was Shazam. Why? Uh, I have a really soft spot for orphans. Oh, okay. There you go. That because I was adopted and whatnot, and and at the end when when they all teamed together, I just lost. Yeah, it. that was cool. That was pretty cool. That was, that was very cool. I don't know much about that character, but man, that was such a great fucking movie. Yeah, there. I'm I'm amazed that they're bringing in. Uh, you know, the the Rock is going to be playing Black Adam. Yeah, yeah. Which which I I like him as a character in the comics. I've always liked him. He's kind of like the anti Shazam. Yeah. But he's still kind of an anti hero. Blah blah blah. At least how they're going to make it with the Rock. And I I'm surprised that the Rock is stepping into his first superhero role with such sort of a C level character. You would think they would give him he something. Might make it an A level character though. That's the he, thing. He, that guy's got no, so much that's charisma. True. That's true. He probably will. And I, I mean, look, I, I've seen the concept art. It looks great. Hell, I watched Hobbs and Shaw last weekend. And I was like, this is just stupid, but it's a lot of fun. I can't bring myself to watch it. It's good. It's, if you like stunts and stuff, it's like yeah. a big stunt. It's like a big stunt show. It's cool. I'm sure I'll see it eventually. Because I always see that stuff. <clears throat> right. The only, right. The only popular movie like that that I still haven't seen is Titanic. <laughs> You have not seen the Titanic? Holy cow, man. I own, I own it on Laserdisc, and it's still you on the shrink wrap. You got, you got to get on that. It's, it's, it's a great fucking my, movie. I mean, my, it still holds up. My friend developed the software that they used to convert it to 3D, and I watched five minutes of the movie at his house. Okay. But I've, that's the most I've ever seen of Titanic, because the, the premise to me is just dumb. I, I look. I remember the day Titanic came out. We were in Sony Santa Monica, and that movie opened, I believe, the same weekend as it was Titanic, and it was one of the Wayans Brothers like scary movie yeah. uh, things. And there was one other movie, and we always took bets on the weekends, and, and everybody was betting for Titanic. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> Every I said everybody knows how it ends. Why would you want to go see this movie that's just about? The yeah. ship that you know is going to sink. And I was just saying, I, I had no interest in seeing it, but everybody started talking about it and we went eventually and it was like, wow, that's really good. And I showed my kids maybe four years ago and I was like, I'm surprised how well that movie holds up. It's, I'm not a huge Cameron head, but it, it was good. It's good film. I'm not a big Cameron head either. I was just talking about that today with somebody. Yeah. Because uh, I loved Alita. I thought that was great. I didn't know anything about the manga or anything, but I loved Alita. I need to see that. I mean, that's more Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, that's Rodriguez. Yeah, but, uh, who's one of my favorites? Yeah, I like Rodriguez too. Cameron, Cameron, Cameron comes off to me as inauthentically good old boy. Like all of his yeah. movies try to be like this is just like you know the, the red state guys just getting in there and getting it done. And I'm like, Cameron doesn't strike me as anybody who understands that world at all. <laughs> Although I will you know? say, uh, the the one that really stands apart for me. Uh, for James Cameron, True Lies. I adore that movie so much. Yeah, it's good. I liked it too. I liked yeah. it too. In fact, uh, we had a, a game in development uh, at Sony called Dark Guns, and it was uh, originally inspired by movie shoot, like movie shootouts and movie action <sighs> scenes. And we used the, uh, I think it was the VHS tape at the time of True Lies. It was it was on twenty four seven rotation, just because it was like our inspiration. We're like, we want to make a game that feels like this. That's our obsession. That's awesome. Game, game never came out, but yeah, True Lies is is pretty special. Yeah. Oh, most directors usually have that one that even if I don't like the director, there's always that one. You're like, well, actually, that one's pretty good. Yeah. But the other thing with Titanic, uh, before we get off of that subject, is I didn't care because I never really liked Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Yeah, I'm with you. He's okay. Up until Django Unchained. Yeah, he was great in that. He's Django's great. a great fucking movie. It's a oh, great fucking yeah. movie. Yeah. And he's great in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's fantastic. I just hit Apple TV. I'm excited. I, I rarely go to the theater anymore um, unless it's like a thing yeah. for my kids. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that now. It's I, – I didn't know how I felt about it when I walked out of the theater. And then you start thinking about it more and more because I'm a Tarantino head. Like he's okay. in my top three directors probably. Yeah. Um, and you start thinking about it. And if you think about some of the stuff he did in the Inglorious Bastards – he kind of used some of those tools in Once Upon a Time as well. Okay. And a cool side note, the guy that plays Bruce Lee in the movie that it was in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything, he's actually from Madison, Wisconsin. He has a he actually has a like a a kung fu studio or whatever in uh Madison, Wisconsin. So oh, okay. right by the place he still lives there, everything. Nice. <clears throat> or still works there. Yeah, yeah T- Tarantino has been kind of uh, on uh, fire a little bit. I mean, I, I from Inglorious Bastards, and then uh, uh, what was the one? Was it was Django after Inglorious, and then um, and then he did uh, Hateful Eight, which I adore. Oh, Hateful Eight, I fucking love Hateful Eight. I know, I know. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's so boring." I'm like, "No, man, I just want to get lost in that world for hours." Did I, you I was see just... the extended cut of Netflix? No, I know it's on Netflix. I have not seen it. Watch it. Okay. The cool thing about uh, 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 Hateful Eight is that he actually filmed it in Panavision, or not in Panavision, in uh, 70 millimeter. Yeah, Vistavision. Yeah, Vistavision. That's what I was thinking of. He filmed it in 70 millimeter, and he actually had Harvey Weinstein go out and buy all these 70 millimeter projectors and send them all over the country and set them up. And they actually set one up in Milwaukee. And a bunch of my friends and I went down to Milwaukee and saw it. And, uh, dude, and you know this feeling. Sitting in that theater, and you hear the clickety clackety of the film. Oh yeah! And I'm it's... watching this movie in Vista Vision, oh, just breathtaking for me. And it was a road; it was like a road show too. So right. they gave out a little a little booklet, which I still have, and a whole the, the whole experience was just so cool. That's awesome. That's kind of like what Kevin Smith's doing right now with his uh, yeah Jay and Silent Bob reboot or whatever it's called. I never get to see his movies in the town I live in because it's such a small town. We have a great theater here. But if it's something that isn't going to get a lot of traction like Kevin Smith, I usually have to right. drive like an hour to go see his movies. How, how many – wait a minute. How many screens are in the theater in your town? Uh, they expanded it right when I moved here, but I think it's – I think it's five or six now, but we have a mega oh. screen. Okay. So so, – and that's the, 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 the next closest theater is an hour away? Um, no, the next good theater is about an hour away. It's up, eh, maybe not. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Then that's actually say... where we went to see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's about an hour north. Gotcha. Um, and then the good theaters are like down in Milwaukee, Madison, up in Minneapolis, and those are all about an hour and a half, two hours away. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm in the middle of nowhere here. It's, you know, and it's the nice thing about the internet is you can reach out to the world. True, true. But what I love about this house is I, I literally live two blocks away from our theater. So I can just walk oh, down and, and see a and, movie. And, and your fucking real estate, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm, maybe he doesn't feel that way, but shit costs, God, the, the cost of living in, in Southern California is, is ridiculous, man. Oh, yeah. I have a 1,600-plus square foot house, and I pay 650 a month for my mortgage. Oh my, Okay, let me, let me tell you how bad this is. <laughs> I, I, I just, we sold our house um, last year. Yeah. And we were paying a mortgage of twenty eight hundred dollars um, on the on the on the house, right? Yeah. It's a good neighborhood. And obviously, property tax will kill you. We're paying like sixteen thousand a year in property tax. Oh my god! 
Now, okay, so I'm paying $2,800 in mortgage. And I say, well, I don't want to own anymore. I have ADD. I'm not really good at upkeep. I was like, you know what? Every year the house gets a little worse because it's oh, in yeah. a brilliant neighborhood. Um, and I'm, I'm devaluing my home because I'm not a good homeowner. And when I was married, my wife was good at that stuff. But now I'm like, you know what? This is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose money eventually. So I said, I don't know if I want to get a townhouse. I don't know if I want to buy another house, but not as big. Um, or I want to be a renter. So I said, let's just move into an apartment down the street and we'll live there for six, eight months, months and figure out what we want to do. Do you know the rent on my apartment is more than my mortgage? Oh, I don't doubt it. I am paying $3,200 a month for an apartment. Yeah. I, lived, I, mean, in, I lived in Madison, Wisconsin a couple years ago, and I paid 1000 bucks a month, and, that, and that's a two-bedroom apartment, and I have a three-bedroom house, and I was paying 400 some bucks extra for rent. You're paying six, $600 for a house. I'm moving there. My kids will hate me, but we're moving there. Well, we're, we're, we're it's a great to town. town. It, it, it's yeah, it's sure a great it place to live, and it's not too far from a lot of stuff, but the thing is, it's this this town's in the 50s literally like on sundays everyone's at church and i can walk down the center of the main street i don't think you know what the word literally means no i do you need to call like nasa and say my town is literally in the 50s it's the craziest fucking thing if you came here i think it would take you about an hour to figure it out (laughs) that sounds that sounds terribly depressing it can't be yeah i mean so it's very conservative everybody's very uh, religious and all that stuff. Uh, it's a very religious town, but there's also now the, the sect of people coming in that uh, let you see everywhere that are mad at everything. Like they have a, a Jesus statue on either side of town, and they had to put a plaque up on each one of them saying that uh, they were put up with donated money because people started getting mad that we had Jesus statues on each side of the city. Well, you should. It's church well, and state. I think it's stupid. I grew up in a very Catholic family, and you're not going to believe it, but my mother was actually a Catholic nun. And <laughs> I didn't think Catholic nuns could have the baby folk. Well, number one, she didn't because I'm adopted. Number two, uh, she grew up in an orphanage herself and became a nun that way, and then she quit. And that's how she met, and then she met my dad. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. but uh, I, had, I didn't know about that whole nun thing until I was probably 12 years old, but uh, I, I was wondering you, why I was being just, forced you... to go to church all of a sudden. And like why she was always watching the sound of music, and now it all makes, it all makes sense. <laughs> Actually, the picture of her that I saw was so much like the flying nun. Like the habit had the oh, big yeah. little white things on it. I was like, "What is that? A Halloween costume?" And my stepdad showed it to me, and he's like, "No, that's real." That's your, like, what? That's your mom? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, well, first off, uh, just in case people don't know who you are, like the three people out in the world that don't know who you are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do people know who you are? It's it's. I don't know. You tell me, Glenn. Why do people? Well, I, I don't want to say the wrong words, but I believe you're the creator of Twisted Metal. How dare you, Glenn? See, this uh, is where I get I get wrong shit all the time. I, well, creators want to. Okay, so I I my official duties on Twisted Metal were. I mean, yeah, I I conceived the initial idea, and okay. then I was the co lead director and co lead designer along with Scott Campbell for Twisted Metal One, Two, Black, and the one in 2012. I conceived uh, the core idea, and I was the lead director and lead writer and lead game designer on God of War. Um, and then those are the two most successful games right. I've worked on. Then I've worked on things like Drawn to Death, which tanked, but I loved. Um, Calling on Cars. Uh, which I loved. 
Thank you very much. I loved it too. There's a bunch of games in there, but the, the, the God of War and Twist Metal series are the most uh, well-known successful ones. And then the last couple of years, um, I've been doing something called the Jaffe stream, uh, right. on YouTube. And, uh, it's kind of a live, mostly daily call in talk show about geeky stuff, video games, ghosts, monsters, whatever the fuck what we want to talk about, but usually video games. Do you do it daily? I thought it was only three days a week. Uh, it depends. I mean, it, it, it honestly depends on, um, how slow of a news day it is. I, I, I always try to do it daily. Um, but, and even when it's a slow news day, like today was a slow news day and I was thrilled that we were able to get two and a half hours of content out. Um, and as, and as our audience grows, it's starting to work daily because even if I don't have a lot to say about something, yeah, you've got a whole chat, you've got people calling in, um, where it kind of works itself out. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I just started monetizing it after about 16 months of doing it for free, just trying to build a fan base. And so now I figured, okay, if if this is going to work, let's monetize it and see. And so I figure now that I'm actually taking people's money on Patreon, taking super chat and all that, it only seems right to try to stream. I I would love to stream five days a week, uh, uh, you know, every, 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 Every week, because I think I what I really want is I really want it to be like a radio show about about video games. And I I love radio and I love the fact that, you know, every day at three o'clock you can depend on that. And it's like, oh, that that show is on. So I'm I'm hoping to to be able to sustain uh, five days a week. But sometimes it's hard. You know, it is. It's hard to (laughs) sometimes sometimes the video game gods don't always provide you with fun things to talk about. And you have to you got to work real hard on those days to come up with something. Well, that's when I start reminiscing about things. And then I realize it's four hours late. It is amazing what some things you think are going to be boring to talk about end up totally, uh, you know, being totally engaging. And it's yeah. also amazing that, you know, with, I don't know how it works on your podcast, but with um, with Google Analytics, you know, you can watch almost in real time where your audience is engaged and where they drop off. And it has been a total lesson in education to kind of figure out how to make sure that I keep getting to talk about the stuff that I want to talk about while still providing a product that as many people as possible are going to be interested in it. Yeah. So the minute, the minute I get into politics, it's like, yep. that's why we never talk politics on this show. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's my, and I'm super passionate about politics, but yeah. the minute it's like, Nope, sorry. It's like, yeah. you can do it, Jaffe, but you want to lose 30% of your audience and not get them back till the next day. Talk about Donald Trump, motherfucker. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so and, and and even things like you know what I what I have found really fascinating and I don't want to get into the weeds on this stuff but this is sort of where my head's at these days is um you know I I have a pretty on air gregarious personality but I have even found that um a little of that goes a long way for people so sure. it's like you know it's it's too my fear is always being boring and vanilla and so I'll amp it up, not play a character, but I'll just get really excited about things and I won't filter myself. Right. And I, I find that if I – no filter at all kills my audience and total filtering kills my audience. Yeah. The days I do really well are when I just allow enough of the Jaffe into the segment <laughs> that – it works, but it's not overbearing. It's just, it's amazing the stuff that when you listen to podcasts, when you watch live streams and when you decide you want to do that too, and you want to get good at it, it's amazing the stuff that you never knew you didn't know yeah. about what it takes to actually be good at that craft. It's, I, I love learning about it. And you never knew about the bad taste of the, uh, Nintendo switch cartridges. I did not know about that. I love that. <laughs> I, I told my kids the other day, they're like, yeah, we knew about that. I'm like, really? Oh Yeah. 
I just, I just, I, all I want to do is put it in my mouth and see how long I can keep it oh. there. Now. If I remember, it's kind of like a nine volt battery. It's horrible. Yeah, it I, I didn't. Everybody on the stream were like, "Lick the cartridge." I was Jeff. the one that started that. Yeah, and I'm just like, why? What? What is this like a Jessica Showbut thing where she licked the PSP? Is that what you like? Are you guys fucking freaks? You want to see my tongue? What do you oh, want? Have his IGN given you a job yet? Yeah, no. Um, but uh, and then suddenly they're, they're like, no, no, no. It tastes terrible. It's meant to taste terrible to stop yeah. little kids from swallowing it. I'm like, I had no idea. And lo and behold, it was one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. It's terrible. Yeah, because I think it was a problem. Like some kid swallowed a DS cart, and that's why they did it with the Switch ones. Oh, it's it's a brilliant solve. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and I'll, I'll say, you know, every now and then I watch your your streams as well. I don't really, I don't ever see the uh, the notifications that it started. All of a sudden, I'll kind of see it on Twitter, like, oh shit, and I'll go over and take a look. Um, and it's always a fun time to watch. But then I'm yelling at the screen, going, "No, Jeffy, no!" Oh well, you know, yeah, I. I uh, That's just it's, me, though. It is. It is. It is a. Uh... I mean, even that man, I mean, again, we, we'll, we'll talk video games, but I mean, it, it's all I can say is I have been, it has been an education after spending oh, yeah. 20 some, 20 something years in video games and having my sea legs and being very comfortable around that industry. And even though every game you make is different and it's a challenge, you, you kind of, after doing it a while, you're like, I know this, I know how to do this and some things are going to hit and some things are not going to hit, yeah. but I, I know what this is. And going from that to this, where you're just like, how do I build an audience? How do I keep the audience? How do I entertain? the audience how do i how do i come up with enough content to talk about that's compelling that doesn't feel like filler i mean it's like going back to college it's wonderful i'm still wondering that and i've been this, doing this what 12 years probably so well yeah I, if i were you <laughs> i would be like what the fuck because you have a sizable audience and you've been doing it for a long time but i have such a uh uh I have such an ambition about I want to be super successful in everything I do. I would be – I don't know. I don't know, man. I would be like, fuck it. I'm going to – I don't know. I don't know because I, I, there's no reason that you guys aren't like the number one PlayStation podcast instead of Sacred Symbols. Who? Colin's, Colin Moriarty's podcast. He does video games again? Colin Moriarty? Colin Moriarty has the, 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 the most successful PlayStation podcast on the internet. I would like to know how he quantifies that, because Greg Miller would always do that with uh, Kind of Funny as well. But... Well, I, I know what his numbers are, because I've been on his show and he told me what they were. Well, I that's can't, fine, not... but he doesn't know what anybody else's numbers are. He knows what Kind of Funny's numbers are. That's fine, but he doesn't know what our numbers are. Okay, but let's be honest. Do you think you do better numbers than Kind of Funny in, in Colin's show? Or let's just take Kind of Funny. Right now, no, but back, back in our heyday, sure. We, okay. were num- we were number one on iTunes and video games a lot. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, the numbers he was oh, – well, I'm not going to tell you the numbers, but they were – Well, but that's the were, thing. It, Greg and Colin would always say that I, shit all the time. No, no, no. No, no, I mean, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the numbers off air. Well, I don't, I, I don't I, care what the actual numbers are. It's just that no, the, I do. they I don't wanna, quantify I know. anything because they're saying that they're number one, but they don't know that. They don't know what our numbers are. They don't know well, what I'm, anybody else's numbers are. I think maybe what he means is on average he sees his podcast at the top of the video game list more often than anybody else's. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but off air, I want to, off air I want to tell you the numbers, that's and I want, to, I want you to tell me where those rank. Because I don't know. When he told them to me, I was like, fuck, that's impressive. Well, but the, but the thing is, did we ever get better numbers than, than Podcast Beyond? Probably not, because they're a humongous site that has a ton of oh, – yeah. And, that's and, what I'm saying. And that's what they're capitalizing on when they started kind of funny, obviously. And, and they, t- they took a huge audience with them. What, what helped us was, I mean, when we first started doing this, when I started doing this with Jared and, and you know, the, the episode that you were on was, was big for us. We, I mean, we like quadrupled the numbers that week. 
But we weren't that big until we got onto Joystick. When, when, when Andrew Yoon emailed me and asked us to take over for their PlayStation podcast, and they started po- posting us on their website, it didn't cost us anything, they didn't pay us or anything, but it got us so much exposure, that blew us up. So let me ask you this. So right now you're, you've come back to PlayStation nation. Do you have a vision of like, you want this to be huge? Are you like, no, man, I do it as a hobby. It's fun. I enjoy it, but I'm not, I'm not chasing that mega success. Like you were maybe when you started it, or is it like, no, Jaffe, every fucking day I'm grinding this fucker. Cause I, I want this to be the, the next big thing. Like what, what is your ambition level for your podcast? It, it changed throughout the years. I first started doing it because Jared, suggested it and i said hey i can learn how to edit audio that was okay. literally the reason i started doing it. i used to intern at a radio station in, in like eighth grade and then freshman sophomore year of high school okay. so i've got a broadcasting background because I, I was on air when i was interning uh i have a drama background <clears throat> I, have a, I was in an improv group for three years so it's just it's natural for me what happened though was and this and this kind of goes back to the uh the days where i worked electronics boutique i wanted to help our store out so i wanted to have like babbage's had i wanted us to have a tv in the front window that had all these new video games on it because santa in the mall sat right in front of our window like 10 feet away right so i started contacting all these game companies and trying to get in and you know it's like hey can you send us something to record and and i got i don't know how i got this guy to help but electronics boutiques buyer at the time i think he's still with the company this guy pete I, I contacted him and he helped and he sponsored my past to, to uh, CES before E3 was the thing. It was CES. Right. And yep. you, you had to have a sponsorship to get in because it was a trade show and, and I paid my own way to go to it and everything. And we started going to CES and then I got to know people that uh, at Turbo Technologies for the Turbo Graphics and I started testing games for them. And then we got around that I was and I was just doing like localization testing and stuff. And word got around, and I started testing games for, like, LucasArts. And so I did a lot of their CD games uh, to test the sound with the Graphics Ultrasound card. Uh, I was doing, like, Konami and uh, Acclaim, and there was all these companies, 16-bit games that I was testing. And I got to this point, though, <clears throat> when all this started, and I was like, well, I'm not getting paid to test any of these games. I just got to keep them, but... It was really cool, and it was kind of part of the business. And then I, I the the problem is, I have a tenacity in me, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happened with PS Nation. Was even before we got with Joystick, I would start trying to contact people, but it's really tough because you don't know email addresses for people that you need to contact. And usually, at the time, it was like a Jeff Rubenstein at Sony, and because he's the kind of the public face for community stuff. So you try to contact him, but obviously, everybody's trying to contact these people. But then I'm an IT guy. I've been in IT for over 20 years, so I kind of reverse engineered some stuff, and I figured out a few people's email addresses. Hey, hey Glenn. Yeah. I'm, I'm not hanging in there, pal. I know. It's, get, it's getting too long. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but, I'm just, I'm but, just, but the thing he, is, I, I get really tenacious about things, but I'll be brutally honest. Inclu- including telling a story. Okay. Jesus Christ, Glenn, get to the fucking point. I'll get to the point here. So when I first retired, quote-unquote, from the podcast... I was ready to shut the whole thing down because I kind of wanted to, quote unquote, go out on top. And this was recent. This was a few years uh, a couple ago. years ago, two three years ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the writers and everybody wanted to keep it going for whatever the reasons were, good or bad. 
I wasn't very happy about it, but I, they finally talked me into it, and I said, fine. But I'm staying on as editor-in-chief because I own this site. I have to deal with all the accounting and all that bullshit. And that was it. And then they started the new podcast and whatnot. Um, but when Dave and MJC abruptly quit, I had that choice to make. But the problem was our numbers are down compared to when I was doing it and everything else. And I just decided, well, I can't let it go like this. <laughs> so I came and I, and I was kind of doing kind of like you a little bit. I was doing a video. I was calling it the Tor- Torgo cast. I was just fucking around because I have no right. job and I have a lot of time on my hands. Right. So I was doing a video thing and I was enjoying it. <clears throat> I wasn't really getting a lot of engagement yet, but I only did like five of them. But it's funny because I watch you and I see how you kind of deal with uh, doing your, your voice chat stuff over Discord and everything. I'm like, God, how is he doing that? You know, because I kind of looked into it and I've always used Skype. I've just always used it. And I started thinking about that. And then all the stuff on the regular podcast happened. So now I'm not doing the video thing anymore. And I'd like to do it. But we're a different show than you are, obviously. And there oh, are... Jesus, you guys are like a real fucking show, well, dude. But, <laughs> you know, but you know, sometimes we have to record things ahead of time because I edit it and, be, sure. and we have to plan things because sometimes we're trying to hit an embargo when it lifts. And if we well, that's do... the thing, you, you guys have real interviews and you guys have like, I, well, you know, to. well, yeah, but I mean, you know, even, even embargoes, you guys have games, but I, what what I like about my show, but what is lacking in my show is I have zero legitimacy like that. So what I love true. is, it's, well, in the sense, in, in, in terms of like, it's like, you know, when Death Stranding came out, I, I guess I could have called Scott Rodian and said, hey, could you send me a copy? But I'm not going to fucking play that game. Are you kidding? It's 20 fucking hours of cutscenes. But um, I just, I, I just, I like, I like what I love about all of the Internet stuff is it just feels like people sitting around shooting the shit. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it's, 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 I think I would crack under the pressure of running and working on something as pro as what you guys do with the, with the audio editing and the embargoes and having to reach out to the PR people to get, I mean, ah, fuck that. Just, let's just fucking talk. It's tough. It, it, I yeah. mean, it, it, we're lucky because we've been doing this so long that most of the time PR contacts us cause we're on the right list. Oh, right. Okay. But in the last three years, our relationships have kind of been damaged with a couple of publishers and now I'm working to rebuild those relationships. Right. So I always have stuff to do. Luckily I don't have a job right now, so I have a little more time, but um it, it you isn't know, it terrifying isn't it terrifying and both terrifying and delightful to not have a job? I haven't had a job going on two years soon. It's terrifying to me because I'm out of money. Well yeah, you need the money part. The money part yeah. that's pretty important. I would have been fine except uh when I when I had the stroke a few years ago, uh I didn't have insurance. My insurance hadn't kicked in at my job yet. Which I didn't oh, know. Yeah. So I had uh, a hospital bill of over a hundred thousand dollars show up, and I'm still paying it off. God, healthcare, man. So the, why you don't talk about politics? I mean, God uh, damn. I, I know, I know, I know. I, I know why you don't. Because same yeah. reason I know. Same reason I don't. That's horrible, man. That's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I just cashed in one of my four hundred one ks actually uh, because I'm running out of money. Goodness, Glenn. Yep. That's, that's that's harsh. I did not know you. I didn't know you had a stroke. I'm glad you're okay. Uh, yeah. I think it was about like three years ago. So the left side of my body, I have no feeling, and my left hand's even worse than it used to be after the accident. And yeah, I'm kind of a mess. That's actually one of the reasons I left the podcast a couple of years ago is because uh, I had this thing called post-stroke depression pop in, and it can't really be fixed with meds like normal depression. And it got pretty pretty dark a few times. Is it, is it, is it, 
is it an actual when, when they call it post-stroke it's depression, an actual depression it, uh my neurologist actually warned me about it uh, okay so it's it's physiological it's not like uh yeah, depression. when you have a stroke your brain gets damaged right okay and the after the ct scans and everything she said like this spot right here this is going to affect you and you're probably going to get depression you need to watch for it and and sure enough, it was like a light light switch one day. All of a sudden, bam. Mm. And uh, I started keeping my guns out in the garage. Oh, Jesus, Glenn. I'm, I'm not oh kidding. God. No, I believe you're not I mean, kidding. It, it's been better with the dog here now. But, uh, yeah, it got pretty dark for a while. God damn, man. Well, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you're okay, at least pushing through it. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you got your family around, man. I'm, that's, that's wonderful. You're going to be able to spend Thanksgiving with a, a bunch of people and – Share your uh, your your smoked smoked turkey and shit. That's 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 nice. That's nice. I'm looking forward to that because I haven't smoked anything in a while. Right. But yeah, I mean, doing this it, it's still a passion. It became not a passion when I when I retired. I, it wasn't a passion anymore because I was really tired of bullshit that was happening around me, and uh, I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And I was ready to shut the site down and everything. And I I would have been fine doing that, but. In the state of things right now, I mean, we, I, I have awesome writers right now. Such a great team of writers, and uh, this guy John took over as reviews editor when you know after Josh left, and John's been just kicking ass. And these guys volunteer. I mean, they get they get free copies of the games every now and then. Whenever they review a game, they get a free copy of it. I try to get them other games and stuff because we can't afford to pay these guys, but uh, they bust their asses, and and it, it's it's tough to deal with because at the same time i can't tell somebody what to do because i don't pay them oh yeah no that's that's that, that's absolutely tough for sure yeah but i mean it, it's still it's still great and i really love talking to the guys right now and and uh you know i've always stayed engaged with them even after i i left the podcast and whatnot i've always stayed engaged but um what i really miss is the involvement i had with like the pr side of things and everything because i've always been involved but not that deep Right. And and now I have to do it because I'm trying to repair some relationships and that sort of thing. But like somebody sent me a code today for uh, Assassin's Creed on Stadia, so I was playing that for a while today, which was kind of cool. How do you like Stadia? Uh, it's funny. I like it. I re- I, I actually do like it. Uh, it's funny because my life in IT, I work on on technologies like that. I work with what's called Citrix, and and it's the same basic premise. Uh, the technologies. Awesome. I mean, if you ever used Remote Play on the Vita to the PS4 or PS3, that's uh, what this is. Yeah, and I've done PlayStation Now, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I like streaming. And look, I like the fact that you, you know, by your own words, you kind of live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And you're and you're still able to get a good enough connection to a data center that it sounds like it's not affecting your experience, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, it's working great. Uh, my 4K TV took a dump two days ago, so I can't play on there right now, but. Uh, I've been playing on the browser, just in the Chrome browser on my PC with actually a DualShock 4 plugged in via USB. I'm telling and you, man, low barrier of entry. A lot of these hardcore gamers shit all over things like Stadia, Game Pass, all yeah. this stuff. Pulling down any – I mean, they, they just, it's, it's almost like you can't really have a conversation with them because it's like – I don't know if they're – I mean, I know they're intelligent, but it's almost like – because a lot, most gamers are intelligent, uh, you know, because you have to, you know, to play games, you have to think in a lot of different ways. Oh, and, sure. Um, so I know it's not a lack of brain power, but it's almost like they just refuse to understand. Sometimes you're having a conversation more about the business 
decisions. You're not yeah. saying for them, it's like, I get it. You want to buy your games. You like physical games. You want to collect games. I get it. I get it. I get it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the value that lowering the barrier of entry to getting games and playing games will bring to the industry as a whole. Yeah. Let's have that conversation. I hate Stadia. It's crap. It's like, I know well, and that's do. the problem is it's then, not you, about then you that. have the internet you you have the internet virus when when people start trying to you know piss all over Stadia or whatever it is like Death Stranding on YouTube and whatnot then everybody else starts th- thinking the same way I mean I had people on Facebook comment when I put the the picture of my Stadia controller up like oh I wouldn't play that piece of shit have it's you played it yeah try it no I haven't no I just heard it's shit I saw this one video where the guy had latency. Okay, so that's one video from, like, it was the Wall Street Journal or something. Like, well, I do, I, I do like going there for all my gaming news there, or Hustler.com, I go there, I guess. It's also like, yeah, you probably don't want to play a competitive online shooter for money with Stadia. But, but do you want to sit down and play, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed or something? Yeah, why not? But the I mean, thing it, is, it, David, yeah. the technology actually lends itself really well to online multiplayer shooters like that because oh, you're not you're not relying on the internet to make those connections between all the different clients all those client connections for networking is all at the data center so it's all local where you have to yeah, deal with the latency of- is from the data center to your to your browser to your Chromecast Ultra or whatever and that's what they the hump they have to get over and they've mostly done it Oh well, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, obviously, when you have a central server and that's what's authenticating everything for competitive games, that's the best. But yeah, when you're talking about a, a very fast Twitch-based game, I would assume that that gets really tricky when you can get killed, um, you know, simply because the button press yielding the result on the television didn't happen fast enough. But right, and and honestly, like the first day, I noticed a couple of spots like that, but. Like, I play Destiny 2 on it, and it's literally like I'm sitting right in front. I hate saying literally all the time, but it, it is literally like I'm sitting in front of the PS4. Destiny 2 is okay. fantastic. That's great. No, I, I look, I, I think it's great. I mean, again, we talked in our stream uh, tonight about the data caps and whatnot, but, you know, I, yeah. love, I love Game Pass. I love subscription services. The two biggest issues I would have right now with Stadia is the data cap issue. It's like, really? Come on. And when they asked Phil Harrison point blank on IGN about it, he, he basically punted over to the, uh, <laughs> uh, to the ISP providers. And his, his answer was, was akin to, well, they're going to have to figure it out because this is coming and, they, and we yeah. know that they'll ultimately deal with it. It's like, dude. That's that's a that's a terrible answer. It is a terrible um, answer, but he's not wrong. Well, he's wrong right now. He's, he's wrong, wrong today, he, but he, that's the thing about Stadia is that, and I, and I'm not using any of their PR speak, but that's where this is. He's right. This is where everything is going, and and this kind of technology has been used in business for a long time now. Right. You yeah, don't have to deal that, with that much data going back and forth because you're not doing 4K streams with HDR. Right. But, <clears throat> but they do the, have it, controls in place. That's great. But the issue is right now, and this is what I say, the, the, the biggest blunder with Stadia right now is either at a uh, 
it, it's hard to know who dropped the ball. My gut, my gut tells me Stadia would be in a better position if it wasn't for the PR because they position this as yeah. a full on console launch yeah, for the holidays yeah, and they have their, their social PR. media and they have all this stuff. And it's like, ta-da, the new console, which is the non-console is out. And it's like, guys, this needed to be a really big fucking uh, open beta for the next six or seven months because Cl- Xbox cloud is, is probably doing it right. The other thing that, mm. that, makes me want cloud over stadia is i adore game pass it's been the best thing to happen to me as a gamer this generation um the idea that stadia is actually asking you to pony up 60 dollars. their pricing structure sucks it's it doesn't just suck their whole business model sucks i mean their pricing structure is a joke because not only do they want 60 dollars unless you're a pro subscriber if you're a pro subscriber the discounts you get are so paltry that you can i can still go onto amazon i checked this on our stream the other day i can go onto amazon and i can buy the the shadow of the tomb raider game for 17 dollars yeah with the discount it's still going to cost me $45 on Stadia. It's like, who the fuck is going to do that? Yeah, I, no, I it's, agree. I agree. It's crazy. It's utterly crazy. Well, but, the, but, but there, are, there are a few kind of there's, – there's small differences. And, and one of the differences is the stuff on Stadia are the PC versions of the games. So the, the, there's a promise there that you're going to get higher res textures. You're going to get you know, better visuals overall. But the thing that I've noticed so far, because I, I do the 4K stream. I'm, I'm pro. I, I do the 4K HDR streams, like especially with Destiny 2, there's a ton of aliasing. And I don't understand that because that game looks fantastic on the PS4 and the Xbox One already. And I notice more aliasing on this version than I do on the consoles. You I know? don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like when they uh, change to uh, HDTV and the newscaster suddenly realize, <laughs> oh, shit, we need, we, we, we need a lot more makeup, fellas. Oh, but I've but, seen uh, other I've, I've seen other games like Assassin's Creed and Samurai Showdown that you get for free as well. They look fantastic. I don't but know. The, maybe it just wasn't built with that in mind. Nah, and so, I don't think so. But the, but the thing about Stadia is the promises there, I personally don't think that they launched with the right games. There's no need to play a game on that on that platform right now. There's no. good games, but they're games that a lot of people have been playing for months. They didn't like there's that one game Guilt that I've haven't played yeah. yet. It's from Tequila Works. It's supposed to be fantastic, but it's a smaller game and I get that that's like your one I wouldn't call it an exclusive, but that's the, I think that's the only place you can play it right now, maybe on PC as well, but Yeah, and it's not that compelling of a game. It's got it's, it's like it's like sitting at a 6.5 metacritic. It's fine, metacritic. but it's well, I'm, well, I mean, Metacritic is get, a... You don't know. get me started on Metacritic. Okay, but I'm, 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 I'm just saying that it's not like people are like, okay, I know Stadia's got its problems, but have you seen Guilt? It's amazing. I mean, they needed right. they needed something. But they, but end of the day, if they're in it for the long haul, great. Because clearly Xbox is, Sony is, Amazon is. Amazon announced that they're going to be coming out with their streaming service. So, I mean, this, yeah. this with subscription-based gaming... Um, whatever the hardcore gamers have to say, and again, no one's taking their games away, no one's getting rid of physical, blah, 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 blah. But in terms of the ease of getting into games, the more people that will bring into gaming, the more people that will fall in love with the medium, yeah. I think it's fucking fantastic. I, 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 can't, I, I love that we're beginning this phase. I do too. I, I have a couple of fears, and I've had these fears before, especially with even the PS3 and PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, is... I'm one of those people, too, that likes to own my games. And, and at the end of the day, when we've seen this a little bit on, on the current consoles, like a couple of like PT is the big one that people talk about, even though you didn't buy it. But at, at, at a whim, 
these publishers can take a game away because they a lost the license, b they just don't want to sell it anymore, whatever. But these games can disappear, and you've paid whatever fifty bucks for it, and it's gone. Well, wait and, a minute. That that's a little different. I if, if there, I can you give me an example mm-hmm. of a game where someone has paid for and they own it, yes. and it's been taken away. Yeah, there's a. There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game from, I want to say, Konami. And, yeah. That was taken down, and you cannot get to it anymore. Okay, but Even you... if you pay- own it. Okay, then that's a lawsuit, yeah. I have to assume. Yeah. Okay, but that's, that's different. And that's that, one. That- I mean, there's other ones that I can't remember, but that it has happened in, in a few different situations already. Okay, well, I think that's unacceptable, but that has more to do... With, yeah, but that's... That, 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 at the moment, is isolated, and that has more to do with, I'm assuming... Maybe something that should that shouldn't be shouldn't be legal, and if it becomes prominent enough, I'm sure it won't be. But that's different than. Um, well, but but the, that's but the different concept, than right now. I'm on Game Pass. Works with Stadia too, though, because you're buying these games, which the pricing structure is awful. Like they want you to pay full price for these older games. Like you just said, you went to Amazon and you found Tomb Raider for way less. Yeah, that's across the board. But the thing is, if I love Google. I know you like your Apple, and I have a Mac. I'm recording with you on a no, Mac, I, uh, Mac I, I right use, now. I, I use Google Sheets, and Google, I love Google. But I, I own a Pixel, uh, a Pixel phone. I have a Pixel C tablet that I love. I've, I have a, uh, an Android uh, watch. I mean, I'm, I'm Google all over the place. I've got okay. you know, three of the four of the homes. But I also know that Google is, is very good at getting bored with the technology and just dumping it. Right. And that's what people are worried about. But again, I, it's a I'm not concerned though with Google. It is, but I, I don't really care who wins. Whether it's I'm not talking about winning, Dave. What I'm yeah, saying I, is, all of a sudden, Google's going to just dump Stadia and all those games you paid for. How are you going to get to them? That's why I would never be part of the Stadia ecosystem at the moment. Yeah. Because because I said their business model is absurd. Yeah. But like for example, Xbox. I'm loving playing Outer Worlds right now. Sure. I totally I totally am okay with the fact. That if in four months they say this is leaving, okay, I, I need to finish it up or be done with it. And if I really want it, I'll go buy it. Yeah, that, that's I mean subscriptions for me. Like I'm watching The Mandalorian on Disney right now. I don't need to own it. Again, I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying people listening to your podcast don't. I'm saying that I wish, I wish when the discussions of the industry and the future of the industry would come up, that those folks would accept that. No one's going to really take your games away for the most part, just like you can still go buy vinyl records and CDs still to this day. Um, it's clear there's a market for physical goods and video games. Sure. People, people will exploit that market, and you will be able to buy the stuff that you want. But the vast majority of people aren't like that. The vast majority of people who are happy to watch a movie on Netflix or Disney Plus or rent something at the Redbox and take it back the next day and get on with their lives, that's the mainstream that grows the market and, and feeds it massively financially so more things can be – more money can be invested to make new products. Right. So I, I, I am excited whether Stadia – and if Stadia doesn't change their business model, they can go fuck right off. But what, like Xbox with Game Pass and the xCloud or PlayStation Now – or Amazon or whatever, the fact that when someone comes along and they figure out data caps, subscription model, in fact, they even announced today that Microsoft is investing in exclusive titles just for xCloud. Because yeah. I think like I think like Netflix, they're going to have to create premium properties to drive people to subscribe to that service. So 
I don't know, man. I'm super excited by it. I, I know a lot of people give it shit, but I, I, I love it. I love it. Well, no, I, I, I like Game Pass, too. I didn't like Game Pass first because, quite frankly, the offerings were really sparse when it first started out. Um, I, I was getting really upset about the fact also that now they have two different tiers of Game Pass. I think that's just absurd. Um, but it was cool that The Outer Worlds was on their day one because Microsoft obviously owns the, the, the developer now. But not just that. Blair Witch was on their day one. PlayStation's right. not even getting Blair Witch till next month. Yeah. Blair, right. Blair Witch, dro- it wasn't a great game, but Blair Witch drops day one. Um, Downhill, Lonely Mountains, Downhill is phenomenal. That was on their day one. That's not owned by Microsoft. But right. I like to see where PlayStation Now is heading. But PlayStation Now is still like, guys, what are you doing? The yeah. fuck are you guys doing? It's like I, I I understand because they value their games more at a premium as they should because they're better games first party at the moment. Yeah. But the average consumer, once they get past the hardcore group that understands the difference of value between, say, Gears of War 5 and Uncharted 5 or whatever it ends up being – um, the average consumer isn't going to look at it like that. They're going to look at it and kind of go, wait, you mean they're putting God of War? I mean, think about what they're, think about how absurd this is. You get a PlayStation four, even though the bundle's phenomenal. So you don't even need God of War yeah. at this point, but let's assume you get a, you get a PlayStation four for the holidays and you get a, a bright, shiny subscription to PlayStation now, which is great. Cause it's affordably priced. It's like, sweet. I'm going home to play uncharted. No, you're not. You, better, you better, you better play it quick. Cause yeah. it go, goes away January. Second, it's yeah, like, I don't like the fact are, that either of those services drop thinking? games every now and then. I, that really bothers me. Well, especially a especially first party games. Yeah, but beyond that, why are you really? Why are you make, like who is who is the current Game Pass or sorry, uh, uh, PS Now service for? Because not me. You're basically releasing it for a holiday deal. Yeah, and then four days after the holidays are over, you're taking away two of your biggest games. Yeah, you're going to piss off a bunch of people. I don't know what they're thinking. I have a feeling that that was actually one of one of the fights that Sean Layden was having that he was losing. How do you lose that fight? How does anybody look at that and say that's a good idea? Because oh man, I'm going to get so blasted by this, but I think that the powers that be uh, that are there now aren't really from. The gaming world, like Sean was, is no. They're more old school brick and mortar sales, right? They're like Jack Tretton. Yeah, and Jack Tretton. I I love that guy. He was great. Yeah, I Jack's only, great. I got to meet him a few guys, but he always struck me as a CEO. You know, he's got the collared button up shirt on. He wore a tie a few times, even on the stage, and they gave him shit for it. But he was a molded CEO, and I and. That is not going to play in gaming anymore. Like Phil Spencer, I I really like Phil Spencer. I always have. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's why I honestly thought I, I I was stunned that 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 uh, I mean I like Herman Hulst as well, but I I, I was I was stunned that Scott Rohde didn't get that position. Me too. Um, but uh, any of those guys are authentic gamers, which is not to say they're not also business people. I mean, Herman is successful and Rhodey successful because they're not just a bunch of dudes just fucking around playing games. They're right. smart executives. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know those kind of brick and mortar sales types that have been at Sony since day one. And it is hard to believe that th- they're not aware of what's happening in the environment of gaming if you're if what it sounds like glenn you're saying is that the reason the current playstation now offering is so paltry and anemic and bizarre has to do with 
those brick and mortar types that are in power, then I think they're going to wake up relatively soon when they realize they're getting their lunch eaten by Game Pass. Um, Game Pass is really growing into something significant, and I I hope that somebody at Sony is noticing that. that Somebody at Sony that actually has a say in things, because it really has grown into something significant. The funny thing about Game Pass, though, is that it's really great for first-party games, but what's the one thing that's really lacking on the Xbox One? First-party games. (laughs) Yeah, it is, but imagine being a parent or a gamer that's not like super fucking hardcore sure and you walk into and now again this is assuming and, and and you know to jim ryan's credit he did say that playstation now today is different than it was 12 months ago and it'll probably be different in 12 months so sure. clearly it's malleable and they're open to that but assuming it doesn't change imagine being somebody walking into a best buy deciding between a playstation 5 and an xbox scarlet and you know, 15, 16 months and assuming PlayStation now hasn't changed, you not only are getting better first party titles, not better than Sony, but better than what they've been making because all these new studio acquisitions, things like things like Obsidian and whatnot, you're getting all of the backwards compatible games going back as far as you can go that are streaming to, or they're not, could be streaming, but are also happening on, on game pass. Um, and you're getting it, um, where these titles don't leave, First-party titles don't leave Game Pass. If you're buying a, a system, as great as the first-party titles are, a lot of the hardcore gamers give me shit because of this opinion. But it's like, guys, the number of people that appreciate the difference between a Sony first-party game being best of the best and a Microsoft first-party game being not the greatest but good enough and getting better every year – that's rarefied air that you're breathing. That's a very small, uh, high-end PlayStation fan, which is a wonderful thing. The business is built on the backs of those people. Well, but I disagree with that a little bit. And the reason I disagree with that a little bit also kind of overlaps with Stadia for me, and that is why should I, why should I buy an Xbox over a PlayStation 4 over Stadia? And really what it boils down to is what games are available. And you have this 95% of games that are on all the platforms, including the Switch now, because they're porting a lot of games to the Switch. Then you look at what's not available on all three platforms, and you see, oh, shit, the new God of War. Oh, shit, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, all these great games. Yeah, the series, sure. Et cetera, et cetera, yeah, yeah. And that's what yeah, pulls but those are, people. Yeah, but those are not on PlayStation now. Well, some of them are. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. I mean, God of War is, but it's going away in January. I know. I don't understand that. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you if you're comparing it to where it is now, yeah. oh, but you're goddamn right. Look, if Sony comes out and says uh, PlayStation Now Premium, you're going to be getting a bunch of games that drop day one, but our big games, if you play for the premium price, you're going to get those six months after they hit retail. Yeah. Then it then it's like okay, I get I that you're holding. Why? I think it would be fantastic. I don't, I don't like tiered. Uh, that that whole tiered structure for a sub- subscription service bothers the hell out of me. Why? I think I, because at that point you're nickel and diming your customers, and and it really bothers me. Whoever's well, doing it, I don't give a fuck who it is. But what what is what's un, what, what's underneath your pain, Glenn? Because ultimately, <laughs> if, if look, if you go to a consumer and you say, "Give us nineteen dollars a month," it includes PlayStation Plus, it includes PlayStation Now, and it includes PlayStation Now first party games that drop depending on what they are three to six months from release, or give us nine dollars. And it's exactly the same, but it doesn't have PlayStation Plus, which you won't care about if you're not an online gamer. And you have to wait eight. 
eight to 12 months to get first party games. That's not nickel and diming. That's a significant added value that you're paying for. Nah, to me, that's nickel and diming. It is. Okay, so, okay, then which because, one because, would you. Okay, because they're holding wait, their, wait, wait. their most important thing hostage. Well, then which one would you choose? If, if you're not going to have tiers, would you charge 20 bucks for it? Because you got to. the person. That's, that's the whole thing. I don't want to have any subscription service, honestly, but uh, I mean, I I think Game Pass is probably the first one out of the subscription services that is showing the value now. Yeah, why would you not? I don't like this rotating title thing. I just don't like it. Like, have the vault or don't have the vault. Why? What does it matter? Are you going to play? I mean, if it, it, you know well in advance when the game's going back in the vault, it's rare games go back in the vault. It's what does it matter? What What do I care if next month, um, Catherine full body experience goes back in the vault? Well, I don't give about give a shit about that one, but well, I know. You but that's remember, I'm I'm a I'm a 47 year old gamer, and I have a, an entire house full of video games. Okay, but I, I'm I asking you to think about it. Okay, so that, yeah, if you're thinking about it from your personal standpoint, sure. I think I'm talking about it more from a business standpoint. Like if you were running Sony, you 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 are not the average Sony customer. Most people do not have a house full of video games dating back to Intellivision and Atari and Telstar. Um, <laughs> Keep going. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, first Magnavox Odyssey. I don't know, but um, I'm just I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that. That's that's always my beef with gamers. It's like no one's talking about you specifically. We're talking about it from a business standpoint in terms of what is the wisest course of action for Sony or Microsoft or what have you to compete and stay successful. I understand you personally don't like it, but I thought we were talking about it more like at a at a higher 30,000-foot view. And I get that too. And, I mean, it would be different if I was running Sony or whatever else compared to what I am now, but... I personally just, uh, I, I really, I'm having a hard time accepting fully the subscription service with everything online because, like I said, a couple of games on different platforms have gone offline and, and people have paid for them and they're gone. As a guy, as, I, 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 I hear you and I don't want to belabor the point, but I, it's so funny. As a guy that you admitted don't have any money right now, <laughs> and I'm like, you would rather go out and spend $60 on the Outer Worlds so you can have a case sitting on a shelf somewhere that you're probably never going to take down again after you finish it or play through as much as you can. It's going to collect dust, but and you spend 60 bucks on it. I mean, versus paying 9 bucks, which you can actually get it for less, for something like Game Pass or PlayStation Now, yeah. you play it. You're well, done. Well, and you it's, it's priorities, too, because, because as, as you said, I don't have a job right now. So I don't buy any any games right now, uh, and, and it is funny because I do rely a lot more on Game Pass on PlayStation now lately, and on PlayStation Plus and the free games you get because their selections have gotten better over the last few months. But yeah, <clears throat> but the funny thing is, if I was realistic, I would stop getting new games altogether because I have a backlog that probably goes back five years. Well, now you're that's crazy talk. You can't do that. But that but that's a standard <laughs> thing for gamers. You no, I talk know. To no, any I, single gamer no, out no, there. No, no, I'm saying next I'm time saying on your stream ask. No, no, no. I'm saying it's crazy talk to suggest you won't buy new games. Why well, not? I know. Yeah, I of course, I'm the same way. I if if I if I stop buying games and going to Game Pass and PS Now for the next year, I would still be fine uh with with new games to play that I haven't played yet. But but the thing that something like Game Pass offers me and it's it's significant, especially because I'm doing the podcast again. But what Game Pass and PlayStation Now offer me is the chance to try a game besides just a 15 minute demo. Absolutely, like, 
absolutely. I am not the I'm not the person that would play a game like The Outer Worlds. I don't like Fallout, and that's really what it's based on. Like I, I was like, the same. Never would have played that game if not for yeah. for Game Pass. And, and I, I got, love it. I got to sit down and play it for a while. We're going to be talking about it on the podcast later on today because Ray's going to do the other. Right. Part of the podcast with me, and he's going to uh, review it, and I can speak to it then. And it's great to be able to have that that interaction with these games that I normally wouldn't, because I'm not going to go rent a game. I don't even know where and the that, fuck I would and rent that, one. And that's why hardcore gamers frustrate me so much when they yeah. push back on subscription, because I'm like, exactly what you're saying. How many games have I tried on PS Now and more importantly Game Pass that I just I wouldn't have gone out and spent 60 bucks on an Obsidian RPG. I'm not that kind of gamer. But yeah. suddenly I have found this game that's in my top 10 of the year that I never would have played before. How can you say you love games but shit all over a service that basically allows a gamer to experience more of what they love? I don't understand it. No, and I totally agree. I just don't like the whole tiered thing. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll warm up to it. I don't know. I mean, when they first well, I, they when, haven't when Game announced Pass first, first came out, I hated it. Like oh, I got on there, I'm like, the, there's nothing here I want to play. You're talking about the Game Pass tiered thing. Yeah, right. I only have the one because I play on PC. I don't even have an Xbox. So the tiered oh, thing only the tiered thing only exists if you have the Xbox One. And I want to buy the Xbox One because there's a lot more games for Game Pass. <laughs> But yeah. I, there's no way I'm going to fucking buy a piece of hardware that's going to be obsolete in like eight months. So I'll just, exactly. I'll just, I'll just wait and get a Scarlet. And the funny thing is, I never wanted to buy an Xbox One because I didn't see anything on there compelling. And a listener actually, like, won one in a raffle, and he already owned one, so he sent me his old one. He just sent it to me. I'm like, are you serious? Like, do you want it back? He's no, just keep it. So then I had an Xbox One to play with, and the original one's awful. I mean, it. Right. I did. A, I was doing a live stream one time. I was installing the game Rise, which is one of the um, yep, yep, the launch titles. The fucking thing took over an hour to install. Yeah, I, no. I had the live stream just going, and I'm talking to people while installing. I'm like, why is this taking so long? It was. That's where that's where the the rubber meets the road, baby. Can you yeah. keep the conversation rolling for an hour when you've got nothing to exactly. say? Exactly. It's fun. Um, but then I got an ass because I wanted to tr- I wanted an ass. I wanted uh, a 4K Blu-ray player because I had a 4- 4K TV. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll get the, the S because PS4 Pro stupidly doesn't do 4K Blu-rays. Uh, and then, of course, when the X came out, I'm like, well, most powerful console. I got to try it. And I bought one. And uh, that OS just holds that system back so bad. Their OS is so awful. Well, you know, they were they were all about their TV and all that shit. That was built on the boats of a really bad idea. But even on the X, the interface is so sluggish. Is it? Oh, my God, it's awful. Well, I mean, look, so is the fucking... I mean, it's, it may not be as bad, but so is Sony's fuck. I have a Pro, and I still try to go to the goddamn PlayStation Store. Wow. And that thing is... It's like, what do you guys... I mean, do, don't you find the PlayStation Store to be sluggish? It is, but it's worse than the Xbox One. Seriously. It, it might be, but it's like this is your store. This is where you make your revenue. Why? Yeah. Why can't you guys get this right? It's uh, kind of crazy. I mean, compared to the PS3 store, and I think, <laughs> I think you're. No, I'm saying, it's a lot I'm better. saying, I'm saying, compared to Amazon, compared to sure. a lot of online shopping, why does this have to be so fucking chunky? It's because of the way that they're they're encoding it, because they're using basically just web code to to build these stores, and uh, the PS4 one's better, but. Uh, yeah, it's still slow, but the problem is it's because they don't have their database set up correctly and the way it's pulling the data and blah, 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 tech, tech, tech. Um, Hopefully, hopefully they'll fix it for next. I mean, that's, that's, you know, uh, more, more, more revenues being driven by digital. Hopefully they'll understand that the store, the store experience has got to come at a premium. 
Well, the thing is, I actually, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm used to it, or maybe it's because I hate the Xbox One X uh, interface so bad, or the Xbox One in general so bad. Um, but I love some of the stuff on the PS4 uh, interface, like the fact that I can go to the web store or my phone and actually download something to my PS4 right from there. Oh, yeah. No, there's some, there's some absolutely great things. I'm just talking about yeah. the sheer going to the PlayStation 4, opening up the store, and trying to scroll through things. And it's just like scroll, scroll, chunk. Chunks, scrolls, chunk. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, what are, what are you guys doing? Anyway, all right, Glenn, I got about five more minutes. What do all you right. want to hit? Um, why don't we talk a little bit about? I have so many things I was going to talk to you about: Half Life, Alex, Death Stranding. But you've done that to death. Jedi Fallen Order. You and I, I seem to be on the same page with that game and how good it is. I really like it. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm bored of it. I played about twelve hours, and that's about the limit for most games for me. Yeah, I, I never finish games unless they're like four or five hours. I just, I mean, I, I just, I don't know what it is about me. Something in my brain. It is in my top five, certainly top ten of the year. I think it's wonderful. It's fun. Um, I love the Star Warsiness of it. I think they capture Star Wars as well as the Mandalorian is capturing Star Wars over yeah. on Disney Plus. Um, I, I think it's great. I think it's fucking a, a great game. I love it. It does make me laugh, though, that it's the guy that played the pseudo-Joker on Gotham, though. <laughs> I never watched Joker, so I don't have that. Uh, I know, oh, no, I know, no, no, no. Uh, the, the show Gotham. No, 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 I know, I know. Yeah, uh, Jerome, right? Yeah. Um, I never watched it. I, I have the frame of reference. I know that it's the same guy, but uh, because I didn't really, I don't have the frame of reference, it doesn't, it, it doesn't get in the way, but, yeah. you know. It's it's funny. It might be the first case of typecasting, actually <laughs> actually affecting a video game character. It's nice. like you're, but you're Jerome, man. Um, but no, I I think it's great. I think it's really wonderful. Um, I think it's the best I, Star Wars game I've played in years. I can't think of a better one. People were asking me, is it the best Star Wars game? And I mean, certainly nostalgia wants me to say Super Star Wars on the on the Super Nintendo, but yeah, that uh, other, well, yeah. But I mean, it, other than that, what would you say? I mean, I, I guess people like Kotor. But I was never uh, a big I was a fan because there's like X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Okay, okay, I can see that. I, uh, uh, or maybe even Tie Fighter because I actually tested that game. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I hope it does well for them. I know it came out of the gate doing like I think they said it was like thirty seven percent less sales for Fallen Order than Battlefront Two. Well, which people is, have a bad taste in their mouth with EA. That's why because EA has really fucked the Star Wars license royally. And I, Battlefront 2 I really like. I've never finished the campaign because I got to this point that I thought, in it, from a design perspective, it's just ridiculous. I, I did not like the campaign in Battlefront 2. I thought it was boring. Yeah. Um, but people have a bad taste in their mouth because EA has really fucked the Star Wars license in a lot of people's opinion, including mine. You know, I would love to know about that statement, though, is that I, I – and you may have this data, but when you say that – like to me, when I look at a big company like EA that has this huge franchise like Star Wars, the number I'm walking around the planet Earth with this perspective, and you tell me if you think this is right or not. The number of people that know who EA are, yeah. and let alone who are aware of their Metacritic average and their downloadable content and their microtransactions. I mean, if you strip out the people who follow that stuff and read NeoGAF, Kotaku, Reset Era, whatever, and actually swim in those waters of awareness, that's like the hardest of the hardcore. Do you really think that there's enough of those people? Like, the, I mean, yeah. I, I assume that's 5%. That no, can't no. be... I'll, I'll tell you why it's a bigger, uh, a bigger cross-section than you think, because a lot of those people are also on YouTube, and... 
Instagram and whatnot, and social media plays such a heavy role in these things nowadays. And and I yeah, do. That's a good point. I, I, I call it a virus. It, it's a total like there are games that people won't give a chance to even before it comes out because of this fervor that starts on the internet that grows and grows and grows. And they they won't give a game a chance. And and Fallen Order, quite frankly, had that coming up on it before it came out. And luckily enough, people got a hold of it early on, like on, on day one, and were talking about it right away, like how good it was. And I think that's you, what saved that game. You mean because when you're saying this internet virus, you're talking about sort of the, uh, the sky is falling, clickbait. Yeah. YouTube kind of people? Yeah, the people on YouTube that even if the game's amazing, they'll get on there and just start shitting on it so they get their clicks. It's tough, man. It's tough to see that happen. I mean, you and I both... I know. No, it totally happens. I keep waiting for the audience to kind of wake up and go, there's this one guy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but I, let's put it this way. As a guy now who has monetized his stream and his videos and his Patreon. And look, if I want to keep doing my stream on the regular, eventually it's going to have to start making enough money that it's like, it's, it's a good investment. Right. Yeah. Um, but right now, obviously, it's nascent and it's new, and and you know I'm not really having those expectations. But I look at this one guy on YouTube, and you goddamn right, I'm jealous of his success. But all he does every day is he goes out and he finds the most, um, the top three to four things he can complain about, and he makes like 12 minute videos, and all it is is him just being like, ah. Oh. This thing happened today. Oh, this is bad. This is crap. How dare they do? And yeah. he gets like 250,000 hits for a video that takes him literally like 15 minutes to record. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't. I just I mean, I, 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 I don't know how you feel about the game, but look at Anthem. Anthem had no chance of survive or of making it no matter what, because every single opinion about that game before it even came out, before any reviews hit anything. Anthem was dead on arrival because people would say that Anthem's dead on arrival. And I personally, I don't, I'm not a big looter shooter guy. Like I'll play destiny two and I'll play uh, division two, et cetera. But I don't know about all the, you know, do this and do that and break that down. I, I enjoyed Anthem. I thought it was a lot of fun and people just shit on it right away. And it, it had no chance. And it was because it was EA and it was because, EA ruined but, Bioware, and, blah, 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 blah. and it, there was okay, so but, much negativity about that game; it was never going to succeed. But Anthem is sitting right now at a fifty-four Metacritic. I mean, are you saying that the people at EGM, the people at yeah. uh, v- Variety, are affected by this as well? They're affected by. I think there there there's some not direct, uh, like there's not a direct correlation to it, but there's enough fervor that goes around about things on the internet and within groups and you know last time i called into your show all the quote-unquote journalists that talk to each other in their own private little groups <laughs> right, right right that shit happens and and no i know i know it, it should, i know i i see it even with my staff on our slack chat like you'll see a guy say something about a game that nobody's played yet and you're like where, where are you getting this from you know i, I see it on twitter I see it on Facebook. People make comments on my on my Facebook. It, it's all over the place. And I've always been one of those people that I want to have my hands on the game and play it before I make a decision. Like, I, may, I might have a, a judgment about, like, oh, I don't know, the visuals look kind of weird or whatever. But I'm not going to say a game is shit until I actually play it. Sure. That's, that's no, just the way I, I am. 
Well, yeah, of course. I, I, I don't think anybody should be doing that. But, um, but they do all the time, and that's what pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, – I mean, I, no, I hear you. I hear you for sure. I, I, I guess I'm thinking more about um, – like all those journalists that you're talking about that kind of get together and and swap stories and and sort of you know according to what you're saying, which I've heard other people say, sort of build an agenda. They do. That, that, <laughs> oh, well, okay. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that that idea. Um, I, I I I will sound like a broken record, but I don't care because let me just give you. Do you know what the antidote to your virus is? What would that be? Uh, I'll give you a hint. And Kill the, the hint internet. Is, the hint is Adam Sandler. Would yeah. you like to guess? Would you like to guess? I might not know the reference because I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan. <laughs> well, a lot of people aren't, but uh, I like Adam Sandler. But no, Adam Sandler. You wouldn't know it. I mean, Adam Sandler started out. He ruled the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, he took a dip. He went to Netflix. His right. Netflix movies have been very successful, even though the critics shit all over them. And they're terrible movies. Most PlayStation. Well, according to you, but no, clearly, I saw them. But in no, my opinion, they were terrible. My point is, PlayStation Now, X Pass, Game Pass, uh, uh, Microsoft Game Pass. Ultimately, subscription services allow games to be critic-proof as well, because sure. y- y- there's no barrier of entry. It's like I don't give a fuck what Kotaku says about um, uh, Anthem. I don't give a fuck what uh, Polygon or EGM or IGN says about uh, Lonely Ma- uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill. Fuck it. It's free. I'm paying for it. Let me try it. <clears throat> so I, just like on Netflix, people watch shit on Netflix all the time. You don't go running to Metacritic before you turn <laughs> a movie on. You're just like, yeah, it's free. Let me just watch five minutes of it. I can't so it's, an, it's another reason I think that subscription is great. It, no, it, that's it, a, that's it, a very it, good it, point. Yeah. It kills, kills the critics. I can't think of the last time I was on Metacritic. Oh, I go on Metacritic all the time because they I want never sixty. Touch it. I they want they want sixty bucks of my fucking money. Why would I not go to Metacritic and see what the lay of the land is? Because uh, don't get me started. <laughs> I have so many things to say about Metacritic because I've dealt with okay. them a lot. We were trying to get a Metacritic a couple of years ago. Okay, but that's different. That's you having a personal. Well, beef. no, but uh, there was some stuff that came out of it, and and other people I talked to. And you learn about kind of the algorithm or whatever you want to say that of how they weight reviews and it, it's so fucked. It, it like one like an IGN will get weighted much heavier uh, for the same review as a different site, and and this other site might even be at, like as popular as IGN. And it's all it's basically this one guy that has all these opinions about stuff. And uh, I yeah I, I guess I guess if you go to Metacritic and you look at the one number, I was talking about this on the stream the other day. Remember when EGM used to have three reviewers per game? Sure. That that's to me what it is. I'll go to a I'll go to a game on Metacritic, and it's not. Uh, yeah, I'll glance. I'm not an idiot. I'll glance at the top number, but yeah. then it gives me this this joy of like, let me just scroll down through all of these and get a get a sense. So even though this guy's review may not be weighted as much as that guy's review on the number one number, it's still in that category of ratings. And See, I just most people don't do that anymore, David. And and I'll give you the example: Death Stranding. Death Stranding, uh, our reviewer gave it a 10 out of 10. Ray loves that game. He talks about it all the time. Are you going to be looking, are you looking to replace him soon, I would imagine? No, he's been with us the longest. But the thing I is, I think it's time for, I think it's time for Ray, after he I think it's time for Ray to pack it in. Nah. It's time to pack it up, Ray. Um, all we heard after his review went live were all these people making comments like, well, IGN US gave it a 6.5. Who the fuck cares? 
Well, yeah, it's fun. I'm sorry, but who the fuck cares? And the thing is, you read the guy. This is my opinion, but you read that review from the guy at IGN US, and I swear to God, I, I to me, I visualized him with putting his jacket on and his hat and writing the review while he's slowly slinking away from his computer so he could go play Fortnite. That's how oh, I felt when I read that hell, review. Absolutely. I, I, I had a review on IGN. They gave my game a 4 out of 10. Uh, I got a 5 out of 10 from Polygon, but I thought it was a great review. I'm like, here's a guy who played the game. He understood what we were trying to do. He yeah. didn't like it that much, but I appreciated it. It was a good review. Yeah. The IGN review was clearly a guy who never wanted to like the game, who took a personal insult because the game had an attitude that he didn't like. <laughs> I, I, I'm absolutely with you on that. I'm just saying that um, for, for me, I like seeing a lot of reviews in one place. Um, I get it. But, but the problem but is even, nobody he, checks them like that. Yeah, you're right. But even beyond that, fuck it. It's all going subscription anyway. Woohoo! <laughs> I, I don't care Do you have anymore. enough time to talk about one more thing? Real quick, yeah. So calm. Okay. I... I so you probably don't know our history, but you're, you're learning very quickly that if you even say the word SOCOM, you're going to get attacked it, because yes, it's, there, it's there's pathetic. no subtlety with that group anymore. It's, it's, very, it's a very small but very vocal community. Uh, Although, to, to be fair, I had a number of people reach out to me after I posted my video and say th- that are part of that community and said, no, Jaffe, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Most people were actually pretty kind, but I absolutely encountered some of these folks you're talking about. And my yeah. mind was like, dude, what are you talking about, man? You guys are crazy. So a lot of people know I love the series as well. I really did. Uh, the old co, uh, co-creator, or not co-creator, co-director uh, David Trey Sears actually yep. worked with a small studio um, down in North Carolina, and they made a game called H-Hour. And I actually drove down to that studio and visited them for a couple days when H-Hour was in development. I, I've done a lot to try to move things along, and I've talked to people at Sony about at SOCOM, and I finally got, somebody finally said to me why it's not going to happen, at least back then. And it was, quite frankly, the reasoning that was given to me made a lot of sense. I'm not going to say okay. it here, but... The problem is, is that community now has just, or that that minority of the SOCOM community has now gotten to the point where they just get abusive and they, and and, and I literally like I used to have a lot of fun with them on Twitter and, and really screw with them. At this point, and probably the last year or so, I just blocked those fuckers on Twitter. I'm tired of it because, like this guy today, oh my grandmother always told me to shoot straight. I'm like your grandmother, you're you're. <laughs> You're talking about your grandmother when you're talking about SOCOM? I mean, it was just absurd, this, the, the stuff this guy was tweeting, so I let him go for a while because I wanted to see more of this insanity. But Yeah, I mean, look, you make a game like SOCOM, you're going to get a lot of great people, but you're probably going to get a lot of the kind of nuts who are, uh, yeah. you know, The problem is HR there. is just turning out to be a, a nightmare, and it's, it's supposed to come to PS4 originally. They did a Kickstarter. I backed it. I, I don't back Kickstarters, and I right. backed that one. And it's on PC. I can play it whenever I want. And unfortunately, it's a very small group of developers now. And I don't want to bemoan those people because they're they're working their ass off on it. And it's a passion project. But some of the decisions made during the process of the of that game game being developed literally just killed it, in my opinion. Right. Right. I don't know why I'm saying that word so much tonight. Sorry about literally? that. Literally. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> you li- you literally are saying that word a lot. Yeah. Oh, not figuratively. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, 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 I've, I haven't really talked to those people in a long time that, uh, on the team. Uh, they were awesome when I went and visited them. I had such a great time, but 
I just put a video up uh, like a few months ago on my personal channel and saying, like, look what H hours become. It's just a nightmare. It's terrible. And, you know, they've switched engines now because they were doing Unreal Engine, I think, 2, and they went to 3. And there's, there's all this turmoil, and the game's never going to come out. And that was kind of the saving grace for a lot of SOCOM fans, except for those few that, that's ah, not good enough, I want SOCOM, and that's it. Um, but I've stopped actually bugging the people at Sony that I know were kind of involved because they finally gave me that answer, and I, I've just stopped bugging them because cause I, was, I was doing that, too. I wasn't abusing anybody on Twitter, etc., but whenever I went to a PSX or an E3 or whatever, I'd go to those people and like, well, we're SOCOM, let's go, let's go, let's get SOCOM. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's another, you know, and again, fans are fans and fans are wonderful and, and they're called fanatics for a reason, right? But <laughs> yeah. I mean, but sometimes, like even this guy that was really going after me all day long and then he came onto my stream tonight, he just sent me a tweet that says, I had him on the stream tonight and he called in and we had a relatively decent conversation and he, he wrote me on Twitter and says, thanks for having me on and being civil. I was expecting a lot worse, you know? So I think a lot of times if you just talk to people, they'll... Oh, you know, I try. Yeah, I know, I know. But in, in my case, I, I, I've been surprised by how more often than not you can kind of have a meeting of the minds, but... At the same time, I'm like, yeah, man, it's like, guys, it's a, it's a fucking game, and I know you really want it, and you don't really want to have a logical conversation with me. All you really want is someone to fall in line with your dogma, right. and if they, don't, if they don't, you're the bad guy, and I, I don't have a lot of patience for that. So yeah. anyway, that's my, that's my take on SOCOM. Whatever Gorilla is making with the, the Rainbow Six director, I don't care if it's SOCOM or not. I don't care – what it is, I have a feeling it's going to be a really cool shooter. I'll suck at it. I'll probably play it for about a week and then go, okay, this is too hardcore for me. But yeah. I think it's going to be pretty fucking cool, and I'm, I'm excited about it. My big thing about this whole rumor, and then we can stop after this, but my whole thing is I, I really might talk to somebody soon because I'm wondering if the rumor is even valid or if it's just something that grew out of that community. You know what I mean? Like well, maybe we they know, started we, we, an internet rumor and it's getting enough traction now because they're trying to make it real yeah all we know for sure is that gorilla is making a a a second game other than their launch title which is probably horizon part two and they're making it with the director they poach from rainbow six siege that's all and we know and we know it's multiplayer right that's it so yeah who knows i personally i'm hoping for a tactical hardcore shooter but it's set like you know 150 years in the future um, I want I want to see a hardcore, brutal, violent science fiction. Not not like crazy sci-fi. It could be a Killzone game. I don't like Killzone. I don't want. Yeah, I love Killzone. Kill yeah, I don't like Killzone. Um, I, even, I, I, I even got Herman to pat me on the back at the launch event because I was kicking everyone's ass at Killzone Shadowfall. <laughs> <laughs> Aim higher for your accomplishments. <laughs> no, dude, it, it's it's so much fun to play multiplayer games with. <laughs> "Quote unquote game journalists because they all suck at video games." No, no, I mean aim higher because like a pat on the back from it's like wow he patted me on the back. Oh well, no, like, I'm, I'm joking around, but it was funny because uh, Shadowfall was kind of a unique situation because I received a PS4 way earlier than the launch and it was full of the launch games. Oh, so that's I, nice. nice. I had finished the story of Killzone, but I hadn't gotten to play the multiplayer yet. Right. And at the New York City event, they actually. Uh, took over this little uh, uh, like German beer hall that was on the hotel and they set up all the stations. You could play Killzone, Shadowfall, right. multiplayer for the first time. And I was joking around with Herman and with uh, a couple other people that aren't there anymore, uh, the producers, and, and you know joking around with them. And I'm like, oh, I need some tips. I need some tips. And then I got in there. And I made like three people rage quit in the first 
probably 15 <laughs> minutes and Herman and one of the producers came over and patted me on the back. They're like, you don't need any tips. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, I, I don't, I don't hate kill zone. I'm just saying, I think it's not a very, they, they've had what four or five bites the apple with it. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's just not a very, it doesn't, the, the hell gas design is the, is the most inspired thing about it. And so they, they have, it hasn't really endeared itself to gaming, um, culture. And so I just, I'd hate to see them, I'd, I'd hate to see them spending their talent, especially given how clear of a creative studio it is that we see from Gorilla yeah. uh, with, with Horizon by, by going back to that universe that clearly not a lot of people respond to in terms of just an intellectual property. But yeah. anyway. I disagree with you on that one, although I think Shadowfall. I'm just, I'm just talking, I'm talking sales, man. Sales right, right, don't right, lie. Right. But the problem was Shadowfall regressed a little bit because Killzone 2 and Killzone 3 are still fantastic. And unfortunately you can't play them online yeah, anymore because the But they weren't but they weren't they were not massive sales hits though. Uh 2 did really well. 3 yeah, did what's... good, just not as good as 2, but I thought it was pretty close. Cuz 3 and uh, 3 actually got the jetpacks uh in the multiplayer and that was a freaking blast. I... I'm going to tell you what it has sold. Hang on. Um, and I might be wrong. I haven't looked up those sales numbers in years. I'm not, I'm not saying it was a it was a disaster. I'm just saying it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the next God of War or the next Gran Turismo. Yeah. It it didn't establish itself as one of the premier. Well, unfortunately, the first Killzone was basically being marketed as the, the Halo killer, which it wasn't. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't uh, a great yeah. game. Sales. Uh... Mm. Are you checking on the Alta Vista? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm checking on uh, I'm checking on uh, Wikipedia to see uh, the sales figures. I can't find them. Did but, you just uh, go to Alta Vista to type in Yahoo.com? Really? Me? No, I just went to Wikipedia. I know. I'm just bringing up a Parks and Rec thing. Oh, I don't watch that show. I don't, I don't <sighs> get the reference. I would say if you want to check out a new new TV show, and I wasn't I wasn't even going to watch that show, and my buddy talked me into it. Parks and Recreation is amazing. Okay, I'll it, look into it. It's hysterical. That and Thirty Rock. Oh, I love Thirty Rock. 30 oh Rock my series. god! Yeah. All right, Glenn. I got a anyway. bolt. I'm exhausted. All right, man. Um, You're exhausted. I'm two hours ahead of you. It's eleven yeah, thirty for me. I just did a three hour stream, and then I just did a two hour podcast. I'm fried. Well, whose fault is that? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of the two hour stream, the three hour stream, uh, let your audience know uh, at David Scott Jaffe on Twitter is where they can find me, where they can find all the information. If they are interested in coming to watch the live Jaffe stream, usually five days a week around three to four o'clock California time, I would love to have them. I would love to hear what they think of the show. Give me some tips. Give me some advice. Get on the Discord and argue with me and let's debate games and talk as video game pals do. It would make me very happy, Glenn. Thanks for letting me plug the stuff. See, now I can't do your show anymore because the stuff I say on there, I can't usually let my listeners hear. Like what? Well, just whatever I talk about. So, hey, look, I won't let any of your listeners know that you call them out by name and make fun of them. <laughs> Listen to me. Glenn's busy right now. He's, 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 <laughs> I was going to say something terrible. I'm not, I'm not, uh, oh, my, 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 my 16 year old brain is, is, is always in, in, in battle with my 48 year old brain. Let me just say that. Listen to me, listeners of the PlayStation Nation podcast. Glenn is fine. He doesn't love you like I love you. Aww. Come. To, come Come to the Jaffe stream quick. I will save you. I will save you from Glenn's madness. No, seriously, I appreciate you letting me plug it. More importantly, I appreciate you letting me come onto your show, Glenn. Dude, I'm glad, glad you're, you're back. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're doing it. 
I'm looking forward to the day that you uh, hopefully can do it full time if that's what you want to do. I think that'd be great. I've been trying for 12 years. It hasn't happened yet, so I don't think it's going <laughs> to. I don't know. You never know, Glenn. Never say never, pal. <laughs> I'll just badmouth IGN and whatever else, and maybe one of them will hire me. Yeah, look, let me send you to this guy's website that all he does is complain all day long. You'll be uh, a fucking you'll be a millionaire within a month. Yeah, no thanks. You'll have to sell your fucking soul, but you'll be a millionaire within a month. I already told you I'm not willing to play the fool to try to make my life. Oh, he doesn't play the fool. He plays the angry young man. Well, that's, that's just a different type of playing the fool. That's, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Well, I mean, I could do it if I needed to, but I, I really don't want to do no, it. No, you just have to do your streams without taking your meds. Then you'll be all right. Oh, that's the best. It's the best. <laughs> But see, the problem with that is that's Jaffe on Overdrive. And like I said at the beginning of this show, Jaffe on Overdrive probably works really well for about 10% of the audience. They love it. And the other 90% is like, okay, I can only take that guy so much. I'm actually and, impressed that I held your attention almost the entire time except for that one point. Oh, on this stream? Yeah. Yeah, but it's, you, you, don't, you don't see my face. I'm also surfing the internet. Oh, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I have three screens on right now. What are you talking right. about? Right. Well, look, I mean, do you, do you, you have no idea when your listeners drop off, do you? It's not like you have. No, you're lucky. I mean. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you sit there and listen to a show after the fact and go, that was a good show. It's like, how do you know that? I don't listen to it. Oh, you don't? Well, I edit it, but I don't really comprehend it. And I don't oh, edit that every much time, out Every time I'm done with the stream, I get in my car and I have like a oh, God. 12 mile route i drive about eight or nine times and i listen to about 70 percent of the show dude our and show I, last week was four hours i'm not doing that yeah i know i'm saying maybe that maybe that's why you've been doing it for 12 years and you uh haven't beaten colin moriarty come on glenn let's do this mm. you and me man you got to get in there get in the fight glenn let's get you back in there uh, i mean you know that colin took shots at us on the on stage at psx right I did not. No, I don't. I've, I've, what did he say? Uh, I, don't, I wasn't there directly, but Sean, late, we, at the last PSX that they had, I was in this private room or like a, a media area, and Jack Black was in there, and Tim Schafer, and uh, Thatch was there, and uh, Sean Layden showed up, and, and he actually recognized me, which surprised me, but we were all just kind of talking, and <clears throat> one of the guys... Somebody else came up with the idea to to crown me uh, king of all PlayStation podcasters as a joke. Okay. So we took a picture, and it was Sean Layden holding a microphone like he was, you know, knighting me with it on my shoulder. And we were all having a big laugh about it. And literally, like, and this is literally, uh, right off the edge of the picture was Jack Black and Tim Schafer as our witnesses, we were calling them. So we put the picture up, and then apparently Colin and Greg saw it before they were on stage at PSX and all of a sudden I start getting all these tweets and texts and everything else like, Oh, they just took a shot at you on stage. I'm like, what? So I guess, so what, but you don't know what they said. I don't fucking know. I don't care. <laughs> I really, I really don't care. I, I, I never listened to podcasts beyond except for a segment. One time that Jeff Rubenstein was on that he, he called me and said, you got to listen to this. And then, cause I don't listen to podcasts <clears throat> uh, myself. And, I just don't care. I mean, I've had run-ins with both of them. Greg and I actually get along fine as far as I know, uh, but I was never that big of a fan of Colin, and Colin and I kind of had a little, I wouldn't say a tiff or anything, but we raised our voices a little bit at each other at an event one time when he took a shot at a really, well, I told you that on your stream, like an alpha right. version of 1886 The Order, and 
<laughs> I just kind of lost it on him. I didn't like gotcha. get violent or nothing, but it just made, it annoyed me. I'm an Understood. old man. I'm a, I'm a codger. I, I get annoyed easily. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Well, that's a good story. I was not aware of that. I was absolutely not aware of that. So I've, I've been all looking right. to see if I can find the uh, the video of it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but because PlayStation usually streams all that stuff, but it, it's always kind of annoyed me too that those guys seem to be on stage all the time because they promote themselves as the biggest PlayStation fans all the time, and I'm not doing that. Number one and number two, I, I I've always had this problem not just with them but with anybody. Like, why is that guy on the stage and we're not? And you know, we got to do a stage thing once at, at a PSX to show off the new Fat Princess, which I loved, and, and the game didn't do that well because Sony didn't market it. Um, but we had a blast. Rody was on stage with us, and we got to show off this new Fat Princess, and I made really good friends with the with Fun Bits and the whole thing, and it was a blast. And we were, we, that was the only time we ever got to do anything like that. And Shu watched us, the whole thing. It was gr- It was great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, they do promote themselves a lot, which I think is good. I think it's necessary. It's part of the job. I will say if you listen to Colin, which I do, and I do like Colin, uh, he will tell you that he's been shut out of Sony uh, recently for whatever reason. He says that a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, maybe his politics and and people, you know, taking shots at him, even though um. – uh, <clears throat> You know, and I, I've I've never found anything Colin said. I mean, I haven't heard him take pot shots at you guys, but I've never found anything he said no. on the show to be anything offensive. I just I like that he's honest. I like that he has a a point of view. And if if people within Sony are actually, you know, withholding content from him, I mean, he'll be fine. But that that is that seems unless there's some story I don't know about, which there very well may be that paints him in a much more negative light. Every my every experience in real life I've had with Colin and as a fan of his, I've been like, what, what are you people doing? He's fine. But anyway. Well, I, Glenn, but, the, but the way their PR works, as far as I know that they work, I really yeah. don't see him getting shut out like that. I think that he's probably not on r- the radar of the people because... The, uh, I, I mean, he, 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 yeah, he says he calls him and he emails him and he never hears back. All but right, it's Glenn, the same way. Anyway, I got to go pee. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, anytime. much appreciated. Of course, you as well. Stop by the stream anytime. Let's keep chatting. I will. All right, man. Talk soon. All right. Thanks so much, man. Bye. Yep. All right. Bye. And now the excited Southerner gets to meet his favorite film actor, Mel Gibson. Mr. Gibson, I'm sorry to bother you, sir, but this gentleman is a big fan, and he just wanted to say hello. I can't believe I'm in laser disc. Braveheart was a wonderful. You, you, I got your autograph with eight by ten gloss. Ooh, your face was burnt, though. Ooh, Tina Turner singing a song to them. Mother, mother, who oh, loves you, too. But, ooh, got the bird on the wire. Not such a good picture. But you made up for it with a Mad Max. Ooh, got the male with the Ooh, got so much going with the koala bears. Got the, got the, I'm a big fan. Golden Globe Award. If maybe the people... All right, that's enough. I'm sorry, Mel. Let me get this moron out of here. You...